Let's uh, take our hymnals, look at hymn number 235. We'll stand and sing, Pass Me Not. Hymn number 235. <coughs> <coughs> in season and out of season, Lord says, wasn't it? But uh, it worked out well. I'm going to read my text. Um, if you will, let's turn to 
Genesis 29. Genesis 29. Beginning verse 31. Genesis 29, verse 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son. And said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was he called his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, and left bearing. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister, and she said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, Am I in God's stead, who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? And she said, Behold, my handmaid, Bilhah, go in unto her. She shall bear upon my knees, that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife. And Jacob went in unto her. And Bilhah conceived and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice. And he hath given me a son, therefore called she his name Dan. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, with great wrestlings. Have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtila. And when Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son, and Leah said, A troop cometh. She called his name Gad. And Zilpah Leah's maid bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore shall he lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou, thou must come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and bare Jacob the sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endued me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. 
And afterwards, she bare a daughter, called her name Dina. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. Now, if you will, turn over to Genesis 35. That's 11 sons. We'll look at the 12th one. Genesis 35, verse 16. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, verse 17, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have the son also. And it came to pass, as her soul was departing, for she died that she called his name Benoni, and his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. Let's pray together. Father, if you be not with us, don't let us go. Lord, we petition, we inquire of you that you gather two or three here today and you be in our midst and be our teacher show us what great things the Lord's done forgive us for what we are Lord give us ears to hear look upon us give us ears to hear give us hearts that rejoice Lord and calm our wrestlings and our strife and our grief and give us contentment in the one that saved us our great Exceeding great reward. It's in his name that we ask it. Amen. All right, brethren, if you will, let's turn in our hymnals to number 354. 354. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sin and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, 
thy friends despise forsake thee. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find the psalmist there. Joseph Scriven. He was born in Ireland in 1819, and he uh, graduated from Trinity College there in Dublin at a young age. I think he was an engineer. And he met a woman, and they were in love, and they were engaged to be married. She was espoused to him. And the, the day before they were going to be married, they went out on a canoe ride, and it capsized, and she was drowned. She died. His bride did. And so shortly thereafter, he was distraught, and he moved to Canada. Went from Dublin to Canada and lived a very quiet life. Uh, didn't take up an occupation. He wasn't given an occupation. He just did odd jobs to make ends meet and feed himself. And finally fell in love again years later, 20-some years later. And they courted for a few years, and they were about to get married, and she fell ill of pneumonia and died. And so now he's alone again. And then his mother, she got deathly ill. He had published a, a hymn, 115 hymns he'd wrote. I don't know many, any of the other ones, but I know this one. And in our continent, this is one of the most famous ones, isn't it? Every church sings it. What a friend we have with Jesus. And his mother was deathly ill on her deathbed, and he wrote this hymn for her. And then he published all those hymns. He didn't publish this one. And then late in life, one of the ladies at the church went to check on him, hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks, and he was not attending as, as he used to. And she came to him, he's very ill, very, very sick, high fever. And she said, you okay? And brought him some soup. And she looked, and there were some papers there on his nightstand, and she saw this poem, what become the hymn. And she said, Joseph, did you write that? He said, me and the Lord did. <laughs> he gave it to me. And uh, they went the next morning. She went to check on him. He was face down in the lake right next to his house. Floating. They don't know if he went to take a cold drink of water or fever got to him and he had to cool off or what. But tell that ended stories behind these hymns are unique. Philip Bliss wrote her last one. A blind lady wrote the first one. Pass me not. Well, that's something to say if if you can see. <laughs> Can't even tell which way you're going. Pass me not. That's a precious thing. Isn't it? I want to make a statement. We'll be in Genesis 29 if you want to turn back there. I want to make a statement here at the beginning, and then I want to make a the same statement at the end. Time passed, and in this present time, the Lord looked upon his people in Christ. And he made us hear. And when we heard, we heard about our unity with him, atonement, oneness with Christ. And he made us rejoice. He made us praise him. And we saw that all the judgment that we rightfully earned it was accomplished. It was finished. It's finished. And yet, this is the life of the believer. Not the life of everybody, the life of a believer. And yet we still wrestle. We wrestle. And then a great host comes. A great host. On heaven, in heaven and in earth. We're surrounded by a good course of witnesses, ain't we? Our brethren come to us, or a word from the Lord comes to us, or... He ministers to us, and we're happy again. 
And why? what makes us happy? We see Christ our reward. We wrestle. He comes to us in a host. We see Christ our reward. And he abides in us. And we abide in him. And we're added to him. Our pure minds are stirred up, as Peter says. We're added to him. We're filled in with him. He's added to us. I am his and he is mine. And our brethren are added. He adds to his church. And we all collectively, together, we see him seated at the right hand of the Father. And because he's there, and because we're in him, we'll be with him forever. Is that your experience? Nothing's new. Nothing's new. That's what we'll see here, Lord willing. I got 12 points this morning for 12 sons. And I'm going to try to hit each son of Jacob two minutes apiece, okay? I, when I was young, I always liked to, liked to, when the preacher told me how many points there was, I could start counting down when this thing's going to be over. I got 12. It sounds like a lot, but I'll try to go fast. I'm going to probably write an article. I want to touch on this last time. There's just so much, like I said, in this thing. Uh, people try to take uh, Jacob and Esau. And they say, well, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. And the world says, well, he loved Esau less. No, that's not what the word means. In this text, when Jacob says, I love Rachel more than I love Leah, that's exactly what it means. He loved Leah less. That's what Jacob meant. I love you more. I love her, but not as much as I love you. That's exactly what Jacob meant. That's exactly what the text says. And then God said, Leah was hated. We got something to learn about love, don't we? We got something to learn about love. God's love is either total and complete or there's nothing. There's nothing. We can't have two masters, can we? He won't allow it. He teaches us something of love. But I want to look at these children this week. First child born. Look here at Genesis 29, verse 32. Genesis 29, verse 32. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Reuben. She called his name Reuben. That means, See ye a son. We'll go through each one of these names. See ye a son. Isn't that what Eve said? Lord said, I'm going to send a seed through you. It's going to crush that serpent's head. She goes, there he is. I got a man from the Lord. She was wrong. That's what she's looking for, wasn't it? This pairs perfectly, these sons of Jacob, with, with Exodus, and I look forward to getting there. Exodus 3, it says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. He's seen us. He looks upon us. That first, first thing that happens, the first child, first birth, see ye a son. How can the Lord look upon his people and be compassionate? How can that be? We just saw it last hour. We're rebels, ain't we? He looked upon his son. His son. He said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He's going to see us through him, isn't it? And prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. She said, He looked at my affliction. Call his name Reuben. Well, that's because the Lord looked at the afflictions of Christ, wasn't it? That's how he sees us. And he shall be satisfied. You think Leah was happy because she had that baby? I got a boy. I'm the first, first one of this whole mess of wives that he's going to have. I got the firstborn son. She was happy, wasn't she? We're satisfied too, aren't we? 
Salvation is God seeing someone in Christ. Him seeing his son, his firstborn son first. Salvation's of the Lord. That's him. Reuben, here's a second son. Verse 33, and she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord hath heard that I was hated. He looked on me, now he's heard me. He hath forgiven, therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Simeon means plainly hearing, hearing. Said, Lord heard me, I'll call him hearing. He looked on me first, saw the son, now he hears. There in Exodus 3 it says again, Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. The Lord hears his people, and you know what he said? By reason of their taskmasters. Would you like to have a taskmaster? Would anybody, would you want to have somebody just rule over you and beat you and whip you and make you carry heavy rocks all day? No! <laughs> Nobody wants that. The Lord sent them taskmasters, gave them something hard, gave them a heavy-duty trial. That way they'd cry out to him. And because of all that working he did to make them cry, he says, I hear them. I looked on you, and I heard you. Doesn't that make the trials that the Lord gives us a little easier? Doesn't that, hearing the good news of what he's done, doesn't that make us just thankful in all things? Thankful in our afflictions, thankful in our trials. This is wonderful. God, Taylor made this just for his child. Where, what, what are you going through? Think of the worst thing you were going through. The Lord God Almighty of heaven and earth, Taylor made that just for you and just for your brethren. And it's magnificent. It's magnificent, isn't it? He heard them. He hears them, but he, <clears throat> he hears them after we hear him. We hear him first, don't we? He looks on us, but then we hear him. We're the ones that hear. That's what Paul said. Then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How can the holy God we offended give us the gift of faith? Because of his son. Christ was speaking there in Isaiah 50. He said, Lord God hath opened mine ear. We looked at that in the bond servant, didn't we? He opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters. And my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair, and I hid not my face from the shame and spitting. The holy God of heaven and earth bore all of that so you and I could hear. Now, do you think it's important? Is it? Here's what God says. He said, take heed what you hear. What you hear. I'd be real careful. There's a, we have a plethora. I mean, an unlimited, one man couldn't listen to it in a lifetime of, of good preaching and bad preaching and in-between preaching and everything else out there. God said, be careful what you hear. I want to be careful. Do you want to be careful? I want to drink from a good well. Do you? And he said, be careful how you hear. How you hear. I ought to never be afraid or ashamed to sit, tell somebody in church to set up, pay attention. <laughs> God Almighty said so. He said, be, be careful how you hear. How you hear. Whenever we come to service, we get her early, sit down, let her heart rates calm down because we're getting ready to hear a word from Almighty God if he's pleased to be with us. We do that. And, and, and we're respectful when we come in, how we hear. When we come asking him to give us a word, my, my pastor's preaching, I said, Lord, feed him so he can feed me. <laughs> I want to hear a word from you. We get prepare ourselves. And we don't, 
like Kim was cooking dinner. I don't eat everything I can on the way to home so I can eat her dinner. <laughs> Show up hungry, don't I? Good appetite. That's good seasoning, don't I? We're hungry. It makes good seasoning. Third son, verse 34. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me. He's going to love me and all these things on her half. <laughs> she said, Now he's going to be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. I gave him a perfect number of sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. Levi. Levi means attached, adjoined, united. That's what it means. That's what Levi was. We read Hebrews 7. And as many as I may say to you also, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. That Levi, he was the tribe of the priests, they didn't pay tithes. And so everybody gave 10%, and there was 11 other tribes that paid, not Levi. And so the Lord saw fit that way his ministry would be provided 110%. That's grace, isn't it? <laughs> Abundant giving. And he said he paid tithes in Abraham. It didn't say pay tithes when Abraham paid it. It didn't say pay tithes uh, if Abraham was to pay it, then he paid it. And it wasn't as if he paid it when Abraham paid it. He said he did pay tithes in Abraham for because he was yet in his the loins of his father when Melchizedek came to him. How did Levi pay those tithes? He was in, he was joined to Abraham, his father Abraham. That was his grandfather, wasn't he? You think they messed up and wrote down wrong? I don't think so. His father, wasn't it? Our unity with Christ is what that pictures. The Lord looked upon us in time past. He sent a messenger to us, gave us ears to hear, and we heard about our oneness with the Savior and how necessary that is. How our transgressions were lifted. Lifted away, wasn't it? Oh, we just looked at The two become one. He gave us the institution of marriage, which is a whole other lesson. Here, Jacob's just making a debacle of this whole, he's got four wives. The Lord never gave that. Uh, he said the two shall become one. There's one husband, one wife. <clears throat> but Because that pictures Christ and his bride. He has one bride. We are one in him, aren't we? There in Exodus, that unity comes out again, Exodus 32. <coughs> Excuse me. Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? He's going to go to war. Talk about guts. Which one of y'all is man enough to go to war? He said, who's on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Every one of them said, let's go, boys. And they stood up. Warriors, soldiers, they ain't going to back down from that. You crazy? They don't know who they're messing with. We're God's people. He's on our side. Who could be against us? Let's go right now. And they gathered themselves unto him. We are one. The body of Christ is one. And in their local assemblies all around this place, we're all of one, one voice, ain't we? One faith, one birth, one accord. And we gather where he is. That's a bold statement in this state. It just has to be bold. Somebody needs to hear it. God's people are united with Christ, and they gather with him. And they gather with his people on this earth. That's so. That's time's drawing nigh. Somebody needs to warn people. God's people, they're gathered together with him. Fourth child, verse 35. <clears throat> and she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Now I'm going to praise him. I always thought this was interesting. Leah was 
She had a perfect, perfect number of sons. She gave him three sons, right? Completion. He's going to love me. He's going to love me. He's going to be joined with me. Love me. What happened now? I'm going to praise the Lord. <laughs> she didn't say nothing about Jacob, did she? Yeah. She might be learning something. She conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Judah means celebrated. Praise. Praise. You think after walking through that dry sea floor, through the Red Sea, there was no condemnation to those people. Nobody died. They can't come and get us now. In Exodus 14, 31, it says, Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. He drowned them all in six feet, six inches, or whatever. I don't know how deep it was. They drowned everybody, wasn't it? It was a miracle. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. That's what happened when they saw him. They feared the Lord and they believed him. If you fear the Lord, you praise him. If you honor him and you respect him, you're going to praise him. Uh, we, we, we're not saved by a stoic, made out of stone God that has, no, we're saved by compassion in God. His compassions don't fail. And his people aren't just rigid and sterile and ugh. That's self-righteousness. No, they have a new heart in them. And they worship him. They fear the Lord. They honor him. And but I tell you what, they praise him. They thank him for it. Lord, this is all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. They, man, sometimes we might be playing the harp and twirling that baton out in front of the, the ark walking down the streets. And sometimes we're crying in a corner, but we give him praise. And we could leave burying right there. If the Lord come to us and that's what he did, we could leave this world right now on Judah, couldn't we? On his praise. He looked on us. He spoke to us. He united us with Christ. We praise him. We can leave now. <laughs> he ain't done with us. We can be satisfied. That's when contentment comes. Verse In Revelations it says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Those that are in him, united with him, and those that praise him because they're united with him, because the Lord looked on them, because he spoke to them, they're blessed. They can die in the Lord right then. Fifth son. Verse, uh, Genesis 30, verse 5. And Bilhah conceived, and she bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice. He's judged me, and he's heard me, and hath given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. Dan means judge, judge. We're convicted of sin. That comforter comes, the Holy Ghost comes to his people, and he convicts us of sin, singular, the noun, what we are. That's all that I am outside of Christ. I'm nothing but sin. And he convicts us of righteousness. That's all he is. Everything he, he, he don't do what's right, what he does is right, because he's holy. And we start learning something about that. And he convicts us of judgment, because the prince of this world has been judged. That was me. My judgment's been put away. My condemnation's been put away. We're convinced of those things, isn't it? And in the light of the gospel, because of that, because of what he come to us and convinced us of, now we judge all things. We had opinions before in our own self, and opinions means heresy, and now we see what God says about it. You want to know what to do? What's God say about it? You want to know what's consistent with the gospel? And now we can judge everything. What kind of vacuum cleaner do I buy? 
the gospel impacts that, don't it? We got a new vacuum cleaner for the church, by the way. It's wonderful. You'll love it. The gospel dictates those things. We think on those things. We judge all things in this life according to that now. That's the meat. I wrote that little short article. People around the world, it'll circulate. It'll get where it needs to go if the Lord sees fit to use it. Uh, we have the, the milk of the Lord saving us, and we have the meat of the application of that. Like We judge all things. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians. He said, dare any of you, dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? If two believers are there and they're having it out, you're going to sue somebody in a court of man's law? What is wrong with you? He goes, I dare you. What? Question mark. <laughs> and you don't do this. You couldn't handle this in the light of the gospel and with saints and believers. He said, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest of matters? If the Lord's going to put this in our hands, judge these things. You can't figure this out. Paul's being real rough with them, and they needed to be rough with. He says, know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more are the things that pertain to this life? That's grown-up stuff. People, I know people profess to be great-grandpas in the faith. Well, here you go. Uh, you know the gospel. In light of the gospel, is this the gospel which we're doing? And then Paul says this. He says, take it to the least esteemed of you and let them settle the matter. <laughs> I love it. Why would you do such a thing? If y'all having it out, take it to the person y'all think the least of. You know why? That's the one that's most likely to be merciful. The one that's most likely to be gracious. The most likely to forgive. Why? Because they've been forgiven much. Because we esteem them low. Oh, buddy, that's precious, isn't it? We judge all things. All things. When our, pra <clears throat> our praising in this life is complete, the final judgment will come on it. When the Lord's done with us here. And he says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall all be gathered all nations, and he'll separate one from another. And he'll divide us the sheep from the goats, and he'll set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And the king shall say to them on his right hand, Come. Ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. And he goes on, I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you gave me something to clothes. I was in prison, and you come and visit me. And those that have the understanding of the gospel to judge things, they judge themselves so they're not judged, don't they? And I said, Lord, when have we ever seen you hungry? When have we ever seen you in prison? I ain't never seen you in prison. What are you talking about? He said, you done it to the least of these. You done it to all all my brethren. How do we do that? He did it. <laughs> I judge that he did it. He's my life, isn't he? Sixth son, verse 7. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, and she bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. And she came, she called his name Naphtala. Poor old Rachel. All of them. Jacob hasn't spoken to the Lord this whole time in these 20-some years that we've been looking at, have we? You heard his name come up? He gets mad at Rachel here a little bit ago and says, I ain't the Lord. He's the one that gives you child. But you ain't heard him being God's prophet. None of that, has he? Lord's using him. But she was wrestling with her sister. Had all these blessings that the Lord's given him, the kindness the Lord's given him, and the strength the Lord showed to him, she was still wrestling. That till he means wrestling. When I was growing up, we called it wrestling. 
And then I moved to the big city of Ashland, Kentucky, and I found out that ain't how you call it. And so I try, I say it weird every time. Rashland's how I say it. Wrestling. Wrestling. Anyway, Paul talked about these things, didn't he? He said in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember when we went through that in Ephesians? What's the highest place on us? Our head. Isn't it? He goes on to say, you need a helmet. <laughs> you need a helmet. Take the helmet of salvation. Why, what happens to us when we're wrestling within ourselves and we're, we're getting beat up? Do you feel beat up? Do you feel overwhelmed in this world? It's because you're looking to this world or yourself. That's it. If, if you've got your helmet on and you look to the God of our salvation, well, what do we got to worry about? <laughs> Who could be against? I can't be against me. He ain't against me. Nobody can be against me. We do a lot of wrestling, don't we? Paul wrote all of Romans 7, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. That apostle used more. He labored more than them all. And he wasn't bragging. He's telling the truth. He wrote the bulk of the New Testament, didn't he? Man, greatly used of God. Preached more than any of them. Greatly used of God. And he said, there's this law in my members. Everything I want to do, I don't do it. Everything I don't want to do, and I know I ought not do it, I do it. Hey, uh, who's going to say Oh, wretched man that I am. Who's going to save me from this body of death? Christ has to, don't he? He has to keep us. We're made more than conquerors. <laughs> we wrestle, but we're made more than conquerors, aren't we? Christ again and what he, the provision that he provides for his people. There's a whole host around us. You know that? Elisha, king of Israel, the king of Syria is going at it. and Elisha's probably just walking around, you know, eating ice cream or something nonchalant and that servant of the king came and he was worried and he said man they got a bunch of chariots and horses what's wrong with you ain't you nervous and he answered fear not for they that be with us are more than they that be with them and Elisha prayed all the prayers of God's prophets Elijah prayed it didn't rain it didn't rain for three years did it Elisha prayed and he said Lord I pray thee open his eyes <laughs> that he may see let him, know, let him understand something, Lord. And the Lord opened the eyes of that young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. A troop coming. A troop coming. In a couple of weeks, we'll look at this in Genesis 32, but an angel came to Jacob. going to bring him back home. And Jacob saw them, and he said, this is God's host. This is God's troops. These angels coming. And he called the name of that place Mahan. Am. Paul probably paid close attention to that. <laughs> Mahanim. Two hosts. Two hosts. We are surrounded by great hosts, aren't we? We have a host in heaven. All the armies of God looking after his people. Not a dog can wag its tongue against his people. Ain't nothing can happen. Satan can't touch nobody without the Lord's permission. That's our, if you're going to have pick enemies, you're going to rank them. Scale of one to ten. Uh, there's yourself and then Satan. <laughs> we don't see it that way. But he said, do you consider my servant Job? He said, I can't. You won't let me. Can't touch him. There's a whole heavenly host against the, for us. And on this earth, there's a whole host of people. A whole host of people. Going through exact same things we're going through. All of, same illnesses, same sickness, same cancers, same number of children, same not number of children, same whatever. 
We have brethren on this earth. They're going through the same thing. But what are they doing? Lord surrounded us. We're hedged about. We're fine. And then they're going to get scared and weak. And we'll go to them and say, fear not. Lord surrounded us. We're hedged about. We have to see it. Keep being shown that, don't we? Eighth child, verse 12. <clears throat> and Zilpha, Leah's maid, bear Jacob a second son. And Leah said, happy am I. That make you happy? You see that if we could, the Lord could turn open and you could look up through them Hamu Islands out there and up Lawson Valley and on the ridge line completely around us was nothing but chariots, fires, and angels and saying, we're watching you. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. That make you happy? <laughs> make me happy. Anyway, Zilpha, Leah's maid, bear Jacob's the son. And Leah said, happy am I for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. Asher's from the root blessed, straight, level, and right, happy. It's right to be happy. It's right, it's just to be happy. Psalm 32, we just looked at it, didn't we? Transgressions lifted, sins covered. Our iniquity is not imputed to us because it ain't there. And there's no guile in our spirit because we got a new one. Blessed, we're blessed. Sometimes we got to be just surrounded by a host to be able to see that, don't we? We have to be showed all the great things the Lord's done for us for us to realize he's done something great for us. Ninth child. Verse 17, And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob the fifth son from her. <laughs> this is his ninth, the fifth one from Leah. <clears throat> and Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maid to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. Issachar means he will bring a reward. He will bring a reward. We're happy. Lord surrounded us. He's looked on us, come to us, spoke to us, made us see our union in Christ, and we're happy for those things. We see that we're blessed, and then we see our reward. He's our reward. People want reward. They want to kick up gold dust in heaven. That's all I ever heard in eastern Kentucky growing up. We're going to be streets of gold, streets of gold. I guess they don't like potholes. I don't know. That's important to people, isn't it? Mansions are important to people. Jewels in their crown because of some service they did and they earned. That's important to people. That's not the reward. What did, what did God say to Jacob's father? He said, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm your shield, and I'm your exceeding great reward. You want a reward? It's me. That's <laughs> what he told Abraham. David said that the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Salvation's a person. Heaven's a person. Glory's a person. And that's who we want to be with. Anybody wants to go to heaven. Anybody wants to get out from underneath the law. They don't like Christ that saved them from it. He has to reveal himself to us. We'll be made one with him, don't we? And we just experience the earnest, the down payment of that right now. What a foretaste. Oh, man, it's a tiny one. We give it. He gives it to us, don't it? Said in Ephesians 1, in whom you've also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth. How's God say, people? That's why I keep preaching. There have been six messages, I think, in the last week on preachers preaching about why we preach. <laughs> that was good for me. People got to hear. Somebody's got to stand up on their hind two legs and say something. Not for correction, because you don't, don't discount the oracles of God. If, if, you, if you let a man speak, you hear him. As it's the oracles of God, but uh, we preach because they hear. He said, Whom you also trust after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom you've also believed, and you were sealed, you're surrounded, wrapped up, pitched 
with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. That's a down payment we got right now. Until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. That's what we have now. Reward. Reward. You see your reward? You gotta go kind of go through some of these things and see that and, and be happy about it, don't we? Tenth child, verse 19. Leah conceived again and bare Jacob the sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endued me with a good dowry. A good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. Zebulun means a habitation. A habitation. He really is with us, ain't he? He really is with us. We're really with him. In eternity, yes. Yes, this is real. This ain't just stories. This really happened. John 14 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. They're one and the same, ain't they? He said, In my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. (coughs) And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. I want to be where he is. I want to be where he is. I want to dwell with him. Zebulun. I want to be at my habitation to be with him. Well, what about right now? He said in John 14, a little further on, he said, If a man love me, he will keep my words. <laughs> if I put my love, if I've loved him first, he's going to love me, and you're going to keep my words. It's going to happen because he's the one doing it. He said, If a man love me, he'll keep my words, and my father will love him, and he will come unto him, and we will make our abode with him. We're going to dwell with him. Well, hadn't he been there always? Yep. We just had a child and made aware of it one more time. Made aware of it one more time. <laughs> he said, John 15, abide in me and I in you. He's in us and we're in him. Brother Greg said it one time. He said, we're going to wake up in glory one day and realize we've always been there. We'll finally know something about unity. We'll get it. We'll, get, we'll see it through a glass dimly now. I get it. And that's what he was saying. Why didn't I preach better when I was down there? That's, oh. We'll get it. He said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except it abide in me. He said, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now, tell me, where does a branch end and the vine start? Go outside in that parking lot when we get done, look at a tree. And say, where does a branch end and the trunk start? Well, I'd probably, I man, I, can't, I know that's a branch, I know that's a trunk, but they're one. <laughs> They're joined together, fitly framed together. Now cut that branch off, put it over by itself, like that coal out of the burning. You want to take the coal, move it over to another state? Is it going to keep warm? It'll go out, ain't it? Eleventh child. Verse twenty-two. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb, and she conceived and bare a son. And she said, God hath taken away my reproach. <coughs> and she called his name Joseph. And said, the Lord shall add to me another son. It's going to keep going. As long as we live, there's going to keep being something added, isn't it? Joseph, his name was added. Added. He did a lot of accounting further on in the book, don't he? That's all right. His name's added. Lord added to us. Added to us. It says in Acts 2, and they continually, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God 
and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. He's added, isn't he? We've, we've got so much, and he keeps adding. Lord's added some people since we've been meeting together, ain't we? Last three years. Lord's added some people who wasn't here three years ago, and you're here now. Lord's added you. He saw fit. Congregations all around this world. I pray he adds to his church daily as he sees fit. Lord, harvest. Harvest. I pray he does. How's he going to do that? Through preaching the gospel. He's going to look upon them, and he's going to speak to them because they're going to hear him. See how this keeps happening? Same thing. Last one. Where we're going to end up? Right where it started. Full circle, isn't it? Full circle. Verse, oh, I'm sorry, Genesis 35. <clears throat> we're still in Genesis 30. Genesis 35. They, some things took place. We'll cover these in the next couple months. But things took place. And here in Genesis 35 is when that 12th son was born. Well, Joseph and Benjamin, man, that's, Jacob was very fond of him, wasn't he? <clears throat> Genesis 35, verse 16. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not. I shall have this son also. And it come to pass, as her soul was departing, for she died, she called his name Benoni, but the father called him Benjamin. She called him this. That's what the, the, the bride said. <laughs> she said, no way I'm going to have another child, and this child ain't coming. <laughs> the Lord might be out of business. I don't think I'm going to have any more children. That's what the bride was saying. And in her death throes, life was given. And she said, Benoni, the son of my sorrow, the son of my sorrow. And then there was a head of that house. He said, we ain't going to name him that. She's dead. Name what I want to name him. His name's Benjamin, son of my right hand. Son of my right What's What's the completion of all this? Those that are on the right hand of Christ. Because he's on the right hand of the Father, isn't it? He said, I put the sheep on my right hand, goats on the left. We'll be with him. We'll be with him. That last saint will finally be called. I, I don't get it. That's a fearful people. We need to get told fear not, I guess. People are scared to death over this end time thing. It's prevalent. And I don't pay attention to the world. I don't watch the news. And I ain't on social media on purpose. Uh, and I hear about these things from other places. People are scared that this could be the end. Well, if you're a child of God, ain't that good news? Isn't it? The Lord's going to come today. Huh? What you scared for? Somebody needs to tell these people this. Good. This is the end times. Good. I, I don't have 60 years left. That's great news. I ain't going to make it to 102. Wonderful. Body of death's going to be over. Thank you, Lord. Thank him. Go on. You think he's out of control? Like the Lord ain't controlling stuff? People scared to death of the boogeyman because they don't fear God. He's on the right hand of God. You ain't got nothing to worry about. If you're his, don't worry about it. Eat a, get you a pulled pork sandwich, Peter. Sit down, eat it underneath, wherever you want to. Eat what you want to. Rise, kill, and eat. You'll be all right. Go hunt. Ain't nothing unclean. He's, he's on his throne. It's fine. 
Twelve sons of Jacob. I thought I'd really found something. I thought, man, the Lord's. I, this, I was in this field digging, digging, and I found a jewel that's just like other jewels. Ain't nobody talked about this jewel yet. I was so excited, and I went and found out like 25 people's preached for this. <laughs> I was on the right track. I'm going to give it anyway. I made a statement in the beginning. See if we follow along a little better this time. I'm going to make the same statement. I copied and pasted. You ready? The Lord looked upon his people in Christ, Reuben, made us hear, showed us our unity. He made us rejoice and praise him, seeing all the judgments accomplished, it's finished. We still wrestle, don't we? We're wrestling. But there's a great host comes from heaven and a reminder from our brethren on earth. Admonish one another. That means stop doing what you're doing. No, it don't. It means turn them to Christ. Show them Christ. That's what grown-ups do in the faith. Show them to Christ. Turns us to him. We see that heavenly host, and we're happy again. Isn't it happy? Happy is the man that does them, you know? We see Christ, our reward. We see him again, and we're going to get him. He's with us now because he abides in us, and we abide in him, but that's a foretaste. Oh, I'm going to see him face to face. I'm going to be made like him. I'm going to see him as he is. I don't care what I look like. I'm going to see him. Be with him forever. And we're added to him. Don't that draw you nigh? Doesn't it? Does that stir up your pure minds? Peter knew what he was talking about that. Oh, and our brethren are added. We walk through this world as believers, experiencing these things. It's a lived experience is what's common in this vernacular, isn't it? It's a lived experience. It's not a, you read a book about going somewhere, you went there. And we walk through this world as men and women that believe God, knowing he's on his throne. And the Lord uses that and draws his people in. You invite people you see out in public to come <laughs> hear about a man. And miraculously, sometimes the Lord does it. And he adds to his church, adds to us, adds to him. And we're all going to be seated at his right hand. We'll be with, we're going to sit down at that table and eat with him. He's going to pour us a glass of wine and serve us. Buddy, that's too, too deep for me. That's too deep to enter into. It's going to be so. And I tell you what, you're going to be happy. <laughs> we're going to be happy. Ain't we? All right. Let's sing another hymn. We'll turn to 127. Hallelujah. What a Savior. We'll stand and sing. 127. Yeah. 
say uh, next Sunday we'll be uh, <clears throat> obeying our Lord. Uh, our sister Lisa's going to profess Christ and believers' baptism. He said so, and she said, "Okay." <laughs> she's obeying. She's following him, uh, and I hope. Kieran gets on to me all the time. I think I'm jovial, okay? When I'm walking around public, she said, you got that permanent crease right there where you frown. I said, I'm not frowning. The sun's just real bright. <laughs> but uh, if anybody ever has any questions, comments, or, or concerns about things, that uh, worries they have, that's why I'm here. Uh, call me. Text me. Send me an email. I always have my phone on me. And if I'm busy, I won't answer. You'll be all right. Uh, I'll call you back. And we got spotty reception, so sometimes I just get voicemails, and <laughs> I didn't really miss a, miss a phone call. But if anybody has any questions about those things, Lord's table, baptism, or whatever, uh, that's why I'm here, isn't it? That's why he sent me here. Uh, I'll earn my paycheck. I think old David, for a year, sitting there and getting preached to, and this, you know, adultery's wrong and murder's wrong. He went, yep, mm-hmm, yep. He just nodded right along with it until God taught him something. But uh, that's... Nathan was right there for him when he needed him, wasn't he? That's good. All right. We're dismissed. Thank you.